Good morning, everyone. Have you ever had a time in your life where you were ill-prepared for something, but you were able to pull it off anyways? When I was in seminary, you hear me at Mass quote Greek a lot, uh, but we also took Hebrew, but we only got one semester of Hebrew. Now, Hebrew, I think, is actually an easier language to learn than Greek is, but we only had one semester in seminary of Hebrew, and you can't really learn Hebrew in one semester. So the semester we had that class was the most difficult semester of theology studies, And so that semester, I decided to cut my losses. And I was like, I want to learn Hebrew, but I know I'm not going to learn it in one semester, so it's kind of at the bottom of the rung in terms of priorities. So I didn't study Hebrew that much, and I focused on other classes. Well, at the end of the semester, the final comes, and I'm kind of sweating bullets. And we go into our final exam, and for our exam, the professor just gave us a passage from the Old Testament in Hebrew and we had to translate it. And it was kind of an obscure passage, but as you well know, I'm a total Bible nerd. And so I'm going through the passage, and I figured out a couple of words, and there were a couple of names, and I was like, oh, I know this passage. And I didn't know the Hebrew at all, but I translated it perfectly because I had the passage basically memorized. And my, my everybody in that class got like a D on that exam, and I aced it, and I was like, Hebrew, right here, <laughs> take that chumps, right? <laughs> or the most famous in my family, probably the worst one I ever did was when I was in fourth grade, my mom, she was just horrified by this. She was at the last mass. She was like, stop telling stories about our family. I'm like, you should have dissuaded me from priesthood. <clears throat> but I was in fourth grade, and I had this project that I was working on all semester. I was supposed to work on all semester. And I had this big report on Japan, but I, you know, when you, your kids come home at night and they're like, you're like, do you have any homework? And you're like, nope. <laughs> you know, I guess my teachers just never give homework. And so I never worked on it until the morning it was due. And I was supposed to be working all semester. So my mom said, well, we'll send you in late. Let's work on it together this morning. And I aced the project. I got the highest score in the class. Now... If you're like me, you start, that happens a couple times, and you're like, I am just that good, (laughs) right? (laughs) Wow. And then you fall on your face. The simple thing today, brothers and sisters, that I, I want you to reflect on with me is that sometimes in life we can do that. There's times in life where we think we can get by not preparing. Today's Gospels Uh, The gospel today and all the readings are about repentance. They're about conversion. And there are some things in life that you might be able to put off. And you might get by and you might be fine. But there are some things in life, brothers and sisters, that we need to address right now. That you can't keep putting off. My mom has one of those great... um, kind of magnets on our fridge, it says, don't put off until tomorrow what you can put off till the day after tomorrow. And I love it, and that's me. But there are some things, brothers and sisters, we do that with our faith, where we think, 
Lord, tomorrow. I've got time, you know, that the final coming of Christ doesn't seem close. Jesus warns us that that's exactly when he'll come, when we don't think it's near. But maybe I, may, I think I'm in good health. Brothers and sisters, none of us are promised tomorrow. And so the message today of our scripture readings is the word today. Not tomorrow, but today. There's a famous quote in the early church that says, even until the end of the world, the day of repentance is today. And so my invitation to you is that when we go through this Mass and as you go home today, my hope and my prayer is that deep in your heart you would say to God, Lord, no longer tomorrow, but today. Today is the day I give you my heart. Today is the day I repent of the things I know you're calling me to repent of. So in our gospel today, we have uh, this kind of very powerful reading. Today's opening of the gospel of St. Mark is such a powerful reading. Uh, it's so rich, we can't touch on everything. But there's a couple things I do want to talk about. And really just two things. The first thing is that we have, though in Mark 1, 2, we heard this today. It says, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who shall prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now the cool thing is in Mark there, he says this is from Isaiah. And that was our first reading today, Isaiah chapter 40, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. And I hope you hear that. Right? When God calls us to him, brothers and sisters, God is full of passion and love for us. Right? And his heart is crying out for us to return to him. And that's exactly what John the Baptist does here in Mark chapter 1. And our hearts should be like that, right? Not just, I know I should do better, but Jesus, Lord, I want my heart to be on fire. I want my heart to cry out for you, to be passionate about my faith, to not just know about you, but Lord, that you would be that deepest desire of my heart. Lord, I desire that. So Mark puts to this quote there, and there's actually three quotations from the Old Testament that he kind of stitches together in that one quote, and it's a little bit much today to go into, but I want you to hear this. All those quotes, there's three quotes he stitches together, and they have one thing in common, and that is that all three of them talk about the way. And if you go to Lourdes, you've heard me say this a lot, right? Christianity is a way. It's a pilgrimage. Have you started your pilgrimage? When God comes, brothers and sisters, whether you die or whether you're alive at the second coming, the Christian life is a pilgrimage. We have to leave something behind and we're supposed to be walking. Have you started that yet? Prepare the way of the Lord. 
To be a Christian does not mean that you're perfect. You're all very cool. It's fun to hang out with you. But that's not what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian doesn't mean you have your moral life fully together yet. You're probably working on it. I hope you are. To be a Christian means you're walking with Christ. Are you walking or are you just kind of living your life hoping that God will somehow just save you at the end? Christianity is a way. But then we get this odd figure. We get John the Baptist. And I don't know about you. When I, so when I was in high school, I just thought religion was for weird people. Do you ever think that? This means yes. This means no. Right? Yeah. I know some of you are going, <laughs> you're weird. <laughs> it is for weird people. I'm like, sometimes at the church, I'm like, man, we, us Catholics, we are so weird. Weirdest group in the Catholic church, by the way, priests. You go to a priest meeting, I'm like, we are the weirdest group of guys I've ever met in my life. But John the Baptist today, he appears on the scene, and he's wearing camel hair, a leather belt, and he's eating locusts and wild honey. You're like, yep, sounds about right. (laughs) Why is he doing that? Brothers and sisters, God wants us to know Scripture. There's a reason that John the Baptist is dressed the way he is. There's a reason he's acting the way he's acting. And when we hear that and something doesn't make sense to us, instead of just ignoring it, we should start asking questions and saying, you know, why does John the Baptist dress that way? Why does Mark tell us that fact? And there's a reason for it. And the reason is if you study this and you study the Old Testament, that's exactly what John the, or I'm sorry, what the prophet Elijah wore. We're told in the first book of Kings that this is the same clothing that Elijah wore as a prophet. Why does that matter? Here's why. I mentioned that Mark stitches together three quotes. Now hang with me. I know, I know this is a lot for this morning, but hang with me. This is important. The last of those three quotes that St. Mark stitches together is from the book of Malachi. And the book of Malachi is the last prophet of the Old Testament. And the last thing Malachi ever says is this. Is he says, behold, and this is God speaking, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. So think about this. If you're a Jew, you're waiting for the day of God. You're waiting for him to redeem Israel. And God promises, he says, before I come, I will send you Elijah. And then John the Baptist appears dressed exactly like Elijah. And guess where the last place Elijah has ever seen in the Old Testament is? Unanimously, at the River Jordan. Exactly where we find John today. So why does this matter? Why does this matter for us, brothers and sisters? Why should we even care? Is this just something for the first century Jews? No, it's for us. Why does it matter to us that John the Baptist right, plays the role of Elijah. Why is it important? Elijah is a prophet of repentance. 
He, he helps people in his day. He calls the king and the queen of Israel. He calls all the Jews to change their ways and to be ready for God. And today, John the Baptist cries out, prepare a highway for our God. And here's what I want you to really go home with today. Brothers and sisters, the, the easy thing for us as modern men and women is we, we get in this rut. And I do this myself, and I ask myself, I say, is repentance really possible? <laughs> Lord, I, I've, I've, I'm 37 now, and I've, I've got my habits, and I have my responsibilities, and I have my way of life. And yeah, I go to confession, and you know, I, I'd like to be better about X, Y, or Z, and try and make fun of Deacon Daryl a little less in my homilies. No promises. Uh, but is it really possible? Can you really change? Can your heart change? Can you let go of the sin in your life? And you and I deny that. We think I, life just is how it is, and hopefully God has mercy. Brothers and sisters, repent. Repent. God calls you to that. Repentance is possible. And it's for every one of us here today. I don't care how, you know, if you, maybe you're someone who's an amazing Catholic and you say, Father Brian, I pray eight rosaries a day, one for you that you'll repent, right? Great. Maybe you're someone who has a bad background. Maybe you wonder if God could ever love you. Brothers and sisters, today is a day of repentance. Today is a day where your heart is called to turn to God. And that's what our faith is about. Our faith is not just about following rules. What God wants is your heart. Here's what Origen says. So Origen was one of the early uh, fathers of the church. And he's talking about today's passage. And I love Origen. Origen was in love with Scripture. He has this one quote where he says, once we have come to know Christ, what else will we do with our time but study his word? And so Origen's talking about this gospel today. He says this, prepare the way of the Lord. What way of the Lord should we prepare? A bodily way? Is it even possible for the word of God to travel along such a route? is not an internal road to be prepared for the Lord. In straight and even paths built up in our hearts. What does God want from you? He doesn't just want you to avoid sin. That's great. I hope you're striving to do that. He wants you to love him. He wants you to love him passionately. He wants your love for him not just to be a good intention. He wants it to be concrete. He wants people to look at you and say, wow, that man, that woman, she is on fire for Jesus Christ. This is the way by which came in the word of God, which dwells in the capacity of the human heart. Great and spacious is the human heart, incapable of holding a great deal if only it is clean. Brothers and sisters, what are you living for? 
The great gift that God gives us, and today this is our second reading, God gives you time. He gives you time. Don't be like me. Don't be like that Japan report. Someday your time will run out. Our faith, right? You don't have to be perfect, but you are required to love. Do you love lesser things? So many of us, we pretend that life, right, we get all caught up in things, and you're all depressed right now because the Broncos are the worst team in the history of the NFL. I get it. I'm waiting for that call. They can be like, okay, Father Larkin, you're in, right? I'm like, sorry, I've got better things to do. Where's your heart? What do you love? What do you care about? You were created to love God and to love others. That's what you're made for. And brothers and sisters, someday your time will run out. The path that God asks you to prepare is inside of you. And so Jesus, this morning, it's such a simple message, Lord. And Jesus, I wonder sometimes, can I really change? Can I let go of my selfishness, of my pride and my egoism, of my vanities, of my lusts, of my judgments? Jesus, I love you. And today I want to repent. I want to let go of those things. I want to love you more. I want to change my habits. I want to live for you alone. Jesus, today, Lord, we give you our hearts. We lay them before you. And Jesus, we ask only of you as we turn to you, Lord, will you come into our hearts and will you prepare that way?